Are they? I think they're white. I think they're pumpkins. I've anyway. never ever heard anyone consider a small pumpkin or a large garlic. That's a weird middle ground. Um, you don't see the photo, okay? Anyway, what we do here is go back, 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 back. Another episode of the Bros and Brews podcast, episode three into season two, 2021. It is a Monday morning, and if you're up here in Auckland, it is our Auckland anniversary long weekend. Auckland anniversary was on Saturday, and it has been Mondayized, which I know if you work a nine to five job Monday to Friday, you appreciate the day off today. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're here, we're here again, we're ready to go, and we, I think we've got a pretty interesting thing to talk about today. But before we get into any of that. How you doing, James? I'm good, bro. Um, happy extra day off, Auckland folk. Um, us Wellingtonians enjoyed our anniversary day last week. True. Just still don't know what anniversary days are for. It's just it's well, just one of those public holidays that you just... Ex- also, like, Labor Day. Like, I know Labor Day is something to do with labor and working and unions or something like that, but still don't really know what they're for but we'll take them <laughs> we will take them when they come true true um so yeah good good man had a nice weekend uh it's been a real real interesting week and and yeah really excited for for today's episode i think it's been one that we've been planning for a while and mm-hmm. and we're both excited to to get into it but before any of that how are you doing man to tell me what's what's new what's old what's happening uh i look it's still in that grind, still in that work grind. My manager's away at the moment, so I am currently looking after the new market store, um, which is which is good. You know, I did enjoy my time when I was managing uh, last year, but as I've talked about before on the pod, uh, it uh, circumstances changed and I had to step back. Um, but it is nice, kind of yeah, looking after a store. There's I'm working with some really good people. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It has been a hard week though. You know, I think summer school's going back, people are going Mm. back to work. So it really hasn't been that crazy, but there's been, there's some, been some really good patches, you know, but yeah, other than that, you know, hanging out with mama in the nighttime, um, you know, playing my video games, trying to kind of, you know, look at what this year is going to be and getting a few little things in order, but yeah, not, not too much. Um, but I, I did have a really good experience on Saturday, actually, mm. with work. Um, good friend of ours, uh, Dan, uh, came up to Auckland and he did some shopping with uh, with with me in Newmarket, uh, because our other very close friend and fellow contributor to this podcast, uh, SJ, um, who does all of our lovely art on Instagram. If you haven't already, go to our Instagram page, go check all of that out. Um, they are they are getting married in March. And we are super happy and excited for them. So yeah, Dan decided to come up to Auckland, and um, I mean, he's shopped with me before in Barkers when I was down in Wellington, but he knew I was up here in Auckland, and some of his groomsmen were up here in Auckland. So uh, they decided to come pop into me and and for me to help them out. 
and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun trying on different outfits and all of that kind of stuff, you know, really just doing my magic. Um, but it's also, it, it's a whole nother thing when, you know, I'm in the working zone, but I'm kind of helping out friends. I get like a lot more relaxed and you can kind of open up and be a little bit more silly with it kind of thing. Not that I don't do that with random people because that is very much my selling style. I want people to come in and be relaxed and for me to just like help like I am really there to help um so yeah that there was there was a, a a lot of fun and it's it's kind of exciting helping uh, a wedding that I know that I'm going to be going to as well um so you know I'll be sitting there watching it being like ah they look good I did well no <laughs> I clothed you I bathed and clothed you <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, so, yeah. man. Yeah, so man, man, and I are both going to this uh, this wedding in in early March, very far up in the North Island. It's quite a quite a rural wedding, and so yeah, we've actually got the the same flights from Auckland. to we mm-hmm. relying on someone to pick us up from an airport and <laughs> please we're get be us tenting there? It's gonna be it's gonna be a hoop. <laughs> that's definitely something that's gonna come up in a month's time, which in some way we will cover on on the pod, but. Yeah, cool, man. That that you were involved in that aspect, and that they they saw fit to to come across <laughs> many hundreds of kilometers to see you, especially to consult your your guidance before you're out of the trade as well. Very true. Well, I told them I was like, I'm leaving. They're like, oh, we'll make sure we get up there in time. It's like, don't worry, I'll still be here. I'll still be here. So now it was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, I must admit, when I heard that they were going to Auckland to to specifically seek you out, I was like, "Well, Matt's special, but is he? Is he?" And then I thought, "No, no, no, fair enough. Consult oh, okay. the man. Oh, I get it. I get it. Consult the man. How long have you worked there? Like three weeks or something? Maybe mm, uh, yeah. Maybe add another seven years and all that. Well, I'll meet you there. <laughs> no, good for them. They they went to the very best. Um, one thing I did want to mention that. I, I was thinking about just before is I feel like this week has been or the week that's just gone has been a real interesting one in terms of um, the world and and Wall Street and stocks and all this GameStop mm, stuff. Have you been following that, keeping up with that? I have, I have. I mean, you know what the news has been telling me and like you know the kind of late night shows as well have been bringing it up. Yeah. Um, I haven't really like gone in and looked at it myself, but I, I definitely know enough of what's what's going on. But basically, we have what we have some we have some Robin Hoods that are doing some work, right? Yeah. I'm for anyone that's been trying to track it and can't keep up with with what's going on. I could give like a very quick summary. Basically. Obviously, there's the share market. People invest stocks based in companies that are going up and down, you know, super successful companies like Amazon, Tesla, Facebook, whatever. The shares in those cost a lot because they're super successful companies and in theory only going to go up more. But there's also companies on the stock market that aren't doing so well where you can invest in them. And I mean, The Wolf of Wall Street was a movie that put focus on penny stocks, i.e. companies that are pretty small. And, And obviously, The Big Short was a movie that put a lot of emphasis on people investing money in certain areas. Um, and basically there's this company in the, the States called GameStop, which if you're in New Zealand or probably in Australian is quite similar to EB Games. So kind of a mm. games shop holds a lot of nostalgia for people, you know, in the PC era, the PS2 era, you know, going in and buying games. And it was a bit of a, uh, I think a kind of a meme in a similar way that like Blockbuster is a bit of a meme because it went out of, out of business, um, and anyway, so it went from a bit of a meme to someone along the line realizing that there were these big Wall Street hedge funds, which are basically companies that just invest a lot of money and try and make money in 
either betting for or against certain companies. They realized that a specific hedge fund had essentially bet a lot. They were betting that uh, GameStop was going to fail. They'd sold a lot of shorts, which, again, to not go into the long explanation, is basically <laughs> betting against the company that they're going to fail. And shorts involves uh, selling stock on a company with the expectation that that company is going to devaluate soon, i.e. go bankrupt, it'll be worth less money. And then because of that, you then recoup profits because you made money on them at their highest point. Mm-hmm. Some people on Reddit found out that these hedge funds had invested way too much, you know, over 100%. I don't understand how they can invest 140% of the stock or whatever. <laughs> essentially had gone all in, to use a poker term, on this company GameStop failing. And all these people on Reddit uh, kind of decide, you know, stuff that we're going to invest, we're going to buy the stock, push the price up, which will mean our shares, you know, if we buy the shares at $14 each and the stock goes up, I think it's at something like $325 at the moment, everyone's made over $300 per share in wow. theory. I mean, it's all mm. internet money yep, yep, until yep. you actually sell. So the one side was these common, like mostly college kids in the States making money. The other thing was, by them pushing the share price up and making money, it also meant that the hedge funds, the billionaires, the Wall Street people were losing a lot of money. And that's kind of the battle that's raging at the moment is the the Wall Street hedge funds are trying to stop this from happening. They're trying to crash the stock. There's been lots of questions of market manipulation. It's funny that you say Robinhood because there's an app in the States called Robinhood that's kind of designed for <laughs> small people like you and me to go on and be able to invest shares yeah, yeah, the equivalent yeah, yeah. in New Zealand. But actually, the other day, Robinhood, that app, stopped allowing people to buy GameStop shares, which is super problematic because it's essentially like saying, actually, no, we don't want you to invest in this anymore. And so there's kind of been a big backlash against that because people on on risk keep wanting to buy. Exactly. The implication was that someone in the hedge fund had in there and said, stop letting people buy, which is all in the area of market manipulation and, Mm. Mm. and essentially illegal activity so yeah it's it's interesting i know a few people in new zealand that that have gamestop shares I, I as someone who's been on reddit a lot and this will be very relevant to what we get into um uh later on in the episode i've definitely been on on the wall street bets subreddit and and yeah it's, it's crazy this like this community aspect of people just being like hold is the key word because they're trying to stop yeah. each other from selling. Because there are people that have... I mean, there's one guy who invested, I think, 700,000 US dollars into shares oh in GameStop. And at its peak a few days ago, uh, that had blown up to be worth 47 million. And oh. every day oh. he's posting like his rise and falls of sales. And the point is, he's the gold standard of like, I'm not selling. I'm not selling. Because yeah, the point yeah, is, these yeah. companies that... Uh, have shorted the hedge funds they have to pay the money back and if all the people on reddit as a sort of example of the group that this community is if they don't sell there's nothing that the hedge funds can do and at some point they have to pay their debts back and so the kind of mindset is you just everyone just has to not sell and they'll just get more and more and more and worth more and more and go from three hundred dollars to in theory a thousand dollars to in theory ten thousand dollars but everyone kind of has to just hold together. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. part of why I've found it interesting is it's such a social experiment. Um, yeah, in, for sure. And everyone like holding, holding the line together. I'm trying to think of, of an equivalent of like everyone like eyeing each other up and being, like, are you going to go? Are you? It's kind of like a school <laughs> schoolyard 
playground bull game. Bull rush. Bull rush. Yeah, some, it's something <laughs> like that, which I find is just fascinating. But yeah, that's that's something that's taken up a lot of my attention this week because I think it is sort of people our age, mid to late 20s, 30s, in this wild sort of weird world that we're in, realizing that, yeah, we're kind of at this age where investing in shares is, is something that is mm. not uh, is a sensible thing to start thinking about you know if you're making money rather than having it sit in the bank do you want to invest it somewhere try and make some money off it we're getting to that age and yeah this week has kind of been a wake-up call but for me to, to realize like actually i'm not like a 16 year old who shouldn't yeah, invest true. my pocket money like this is the age where we start thinking about what are we going to do with our our income and yeah and i've i've really enjoyed it it's felt like a a movie saga and i know that there will be some oh there will documentary be in a few years that will just <laughs> blow up and we'll all be like yep we were talking about that at the time so i had to mention gamestop ah uh, nice no no nice you're so right it's it's weird I, i've been having that same thought as well lately and not because of games gamestop but like yeah um investing and stuff like that so you know i've got money in the bank you know ready for an overseas trip which i can't bloody go on uh, so yeah, I've been, I've been truly thinking about, yeah, where, where could I, or should I put my money somewhere? Um, so I'll keep on, I'll keep on, you know, going through some options, but I haven't done anything yet and I might not, I probably won't to be honest, but yeah, it's, it's a really interesting topic, especially at the moment. Um, so GameStop, those Robin Hoods out there. Hold, hold take the line, the moon. hold the line, hold, it. hold the line, <laughs> take us to the moon. <laughs> Um, well, we, we enter into the, the next part of, of this episode and we really wanted to, well, I wanted to do something a little bit different this time. Mm. Um, if you've been with us last season, me and James really enjoyed doing, uh, quizzes. We were doing the stuff quizzes, um, and it was a lot of fun, but we weren't entirely sure if it was working or if we could do something a little bit different and things like that. Um, so I came up with the idea of how about we try doing some BuzzFeed quizzes, which I know a lot of you out there uh, listening have maybe done a BuzzFeed quiz at one point in your life, um, and you do know what dog you are depending on what desserts you like to eat. Um, so I thought today I would run um, a quiz past James, yeah. and we'll see we'll see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, we should probably explain to, to anyone who's possibly not of our generation, BuzzFeed's kind of true, a trash true, good point. website for like... I don't know, random articles about pop culture and a lot of their things are like clickbait headlines of, did you know this? Or like this yeah. actor that. And I guess maybe the online equivalent of like Women's Day magazines in a, in a sense, like a lot of that pop culture, celebrity, what's going on. Mm. And one of the big things that BuzzFeed has made its thing is like random quizzes that often are just relating to completely different things together. Like if you based on what books you read as a kid, what herb would you be? Or like, what is your favorite color based on random facts about the weather? Just random stuff. A lot of it often has to do with like pop culture. So which Harry Potter character would you be? Or I know which celebrity are you, you know, which version of Jake Gyllenhaal's face are you, you know, often it relates to things that people have been interested in and they find a random way of putting together some questions to find out the answer. I think most people that do them know that they're trash, but yeah. they can be yeah. fun because it's just so random and, and has no like validation of anything at all. 
And yeah. I think, yeah, we, we really enjoyed doing the stuff quizzes last season. We felt like it wasn't really necessarily relating to anything. I feel like we thought we were kind of just having a bit too much fun on our own time, especially when there were beers at stake. But seeing as question time has been a thing, um, we thought we could we could take the question from BuzzFeed every three weeks or so and, and have have a way of merging quizzing and questions together. So yeah, I, I can't yeah, wait to exactly. I can't wait for the inaugural BuzzFeed question time quiz from from you, good sir. Thank you, thank you. Well, uh, well, welcome everyone, welcome. Um, now, I haven't gone crazy with it, I haven't. I went through a lot trying to figure out where we wanted to start, and I, and I, and I haven't gone crazy with it. Um, but you did mention Harry Potter. I did. Um, and I have selected a Harry Potter quiz for Correct. you, as I know that you are a big fan, and um, I am also a fan, but definitely not as much as what you are um now i know we all probably know what like pottermore is and things like that you know your house and patronus and all of these kind of things but you know i thought let's let's see what buzzfeed has to tell us about that kind of stuff so today i've selected if you were in harry potter universe what would your wand core be Right. Now, I already know what my one core is based on Pottermore, so I'll be interested nice. to see what BuzzFeed has for me. Exactly. Um, I, exactly. Will, I will express my nerd nerddom in the Potter universe later on, but let's <laughs> let's see what BuzzFeed has let's, to say. Let's see what BuzzFeed does for us. Maybe their random writer has more information than than the Pottermore <laughs> website itself, but I'm excited to see. So I'm I'm ready, and I, right. I'm I'm fully focused on on giving this my all. Lovely. All right. Let's begin. Which house is your favourite? I won't say them because you know which houses there are, but which house is your favourite? Gryffindor. Gryffindor. A popular answer, but a popular I'd be lying answer. to myself if it wasn't the case. And you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to tangent all over this. No, please do. Because it's a Harry Potter thing. Yeah. I think the further we get away from the series, the more the shift away from Gryffindor popularism is occurring. The amount of people that I meet that are owning Slytherin these days. Oh, um, true. I think there are, there's, there's been a core group of Ravenclaws that through the years have really inspired other Ravenclaw people to be Ravenclaws. And even Hufflepuff, the house most maligned. I think nowadays I'd like to think that there are people who are, who are owning their Hufflepuffness and actually mm. being Gryffindor is considered not cool anymore, but I'm confident in staking my, uh, my claim in the ground that I'm clearly for better or for worse, uh, a Gryffindor by nature. Nice. Nice. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely like a Gryffindor puffy kind of person myself. Yeah. So I feel like I'd fly between the two anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, how outgoing are you? Not outgoing at all. Somewhat outgoing, decently outgoing or extremely outgoing. I would say decently outgoing. Decently outgoing. Lovely. Who's your favorite Hogwarts professor? Professor Dumbledore, Professor McGonagall, Professor Snape, or Professor Flitwick? Um, That's a question I haven't really thought about before. It's not Snape, it's not Dumbledore. Probably McGonagall, to be honest. McGonagall? I think McGonagall would get a lot out for me from an academic perspective. Mm, I feel like her mm. hard love... Her hard love would, mm. would would inspire me to great things. And I would like to think, and this is probably reflective of my time at school, like I would like to be one of those people that breaks through all the the hard exterior so that when she's friendly with you, you're like, yeah, yeah. you're not like this with everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. All right. Uh, which of the following is your favorite Harry Potter quote? Happiness can be found 
even in the darkest of times, if one only remembers to turn on the light. Books and cleverness, there are more important things, friendship and bravery. It does not do it is it is not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. It doesn't did that read right? I don't know. Uh, and I solemnly I solemnly swear I am up to no good. Okay, the last one's a classic, but it's very like popularized and like an on a t shirt type thing. Like Yes. I've seen that on multiple Instagram posts in the last few weeks. <laughs> the, you know what? The the top the first three were all really good. Can you read them back to me again? Happiness can can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. Mm. Books and cleverness, there are more important things, friendship and bravery. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. I think that one, it does not do to yeah. dwell on dreams and forget to live. I think nice. that's I think that's a really like outside of any Harry Potter stuff. That's actually a really good bit of life do you, advice. Do you, do you know? Do you know who's who said that? I can't. I I can't remember myself. Uh, the first one is Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Yep. Um, the next one. What was the second one? Books and oh, cleverness. Books. There that's are more Hermione. important things. Yeah. That's Hermione. Um, I think the friendship. I like the friendship half of that quote. Mm, I mm. think bravery is an, an interesting an interesting word someone said to me this week um that the older we get the less brave we get and we were thinking about that as a prompt of of as bravery something that we actually should be pursuing in our in our age but anyway the third one is my favorite <laughs> okay cool, uh, perfect it does not do to dwell on dreams forget to live that's probably dumbledore i imagine it has mm. something to do with the area of books where harry's harry's dreaming a lot oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah but it All might right. not be it might not be hit me up if it's not because not sure but great quote and good actual <laughs> writing you know we all know jk rowling's transphobia discretions and how she is now is problematic but some really great writing in in those books lovely next question Mm. how adventurous are you not adventurous at all somewhat adventurous decently adventurous extremely adventurous oh i thought that was going in reverse order but they were in building no they are in ascending yep uh can you give me the the adjectives again so not somewhat decently extremely probably decently Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, who's your favorite harry potter character out of these four ron harry hermione or draco draco how many for lupin for the record but yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) how many close friends do you have (laughs) i i I had a really hard time answering this question myself so how many close friends do you have one to two three to four five to six or seven or more? Oh, I'm trying not to sit here and think about people I'm close with in my head because that doesn't really make for particularly interesting. Yeah, like, yeah. close friends. Like, I guess, like, I, I put it down to, like, how many people would I, like, probably nearly talk to every day or at least week I would I would put as, like, close friends for myself. I mean, I have a lot of friends, but I don't necessarily talk to them all the time. I think everyone's concept of what close friends are is relative to them oh, specifically. Definitely. But in the terms of this quiz, in terms of how I think I sit on that scale, mm-hmm. I think I would probably go seven to eight. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. And that's Next not question. a reflection like, I have lots of close friends. No, no, I all. understand. But I think we've talked about the social butterfly thing before, and I think yep. how it relates to this quiz as a whole, mm. being honest with the fact that 
I'm a, a volume person when it comes to yep. that, I think is probably more truthful than anything else. Nice. I respect that. All right. Uh, how often do you root for the villain? I thought never. that was going to be a different question there. Yeah, I... um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, what are the answers? Uh, never, sometimes, always. The term villain is subjective. Ooh. Um, I'm not going to say the last one. I kind of, I, li- I like the idea of that, but I think I th- maybe in a fantasy world, that's true. I'm not so sure about it in reality. Uh, what was the difference between the second and third answer? Sometimes and always. Just sometimes. Sometimes you sometimes root for the villain. All right. Which of the following would you consider yourself? Are you a leader, a doer, a follower, or a dreamer? Leader. These nice. are all such bland Gryffindor nice. answers, but I'm I trying know. to do it honestly. <laughs> I'm really painting a picture of a douchebag Gryffindor here, but I said I am one and yeah. I'm owning it. Hey, you're taking it. You're taking it. It's what we want. Uh, you know, BuzzFeed appreciates it very much. Um, okay. How confident are you? Not confident at all. Sometimes confident. Decently confident or always confident? Decently. Decently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is your favorite Harry Potter book? Now, you're only going to give me four, so I hope my one is on there. Uh, no, there's, there is there is seven. Oh, they've put them all up. Okay. Yep. Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban is the answer. Prisoner of Azkaban. Where? There it is. Lovely. Uh, how argumentative are you? Same, same ones. Not sometimes, decently, extremely. Argumentative. Uh, whatever option two is, not... No, so, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes argumentative. Sometimes too much of a pacifist to be either of the mm, top two. Mm, mm. Uh, how competitive are you? Same ones. Uh, probably the full-on extreme. Extremely competitive. Yeah, I I appreciate that very much. Uh, would you be considered high maintenance? Yes or no? No. No. No, definitely not. Now I'm going to have to describe these for you because the last one isn't is an image question. Oh yeah. Um, but it's, it's choose an image. So first off, we have a very dark subway tunnel, which has got a few luminous lights throughout it. Uh, second one is a cup on top of a snowy log, which looks like it's in the middle of a foggy autumn lake. What kind of cup is it like? It's like a, like, you know, like a, it's not like a nice, it's like a, um, like camping one you'd take cup. on camping. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, I guess a camping scene. Uh, the next one is a photo of some, uh, is it reeds on the, on the sand dunes looking out Ooh. onto the ocean. Ooh. Uh, the, the fourth one is a woman in white walking through the sand onto the beach, but you can see the sun is setting in the background. Uh, the fifth, fifth image is some leaves uh, white white bottom, like, like like a white bench, some leaves on top, and either some very small pumpkins or very big pieces of garlic. <laughs> I, I had some trouble trying to figure out what these things are. I, think I mean, they're is pumpkins. it orange? Or no, not they're orange? white. They're white. What kind of pumpkins? I guess why is there garlic? I don't know. Are they? I think they're white. I think they're pumpkins. I've anyway. never ever heard anyone consider a small pumpkin or a large garlic that's a weird middle ground 
Um, you don't see the photo. Okay. Anyway, okay. okay so, you have six, to send me the photo later. I will. On, I, I will. I will see this. And the six uh, is crashing waves uh, and a beautiful orange sky in the background. It's interesting that three of the six have the ocean in them. So, yeah. is the difference between the three ocean pictures? One has a woman in white. Mm-hmm. One doesn't contain sand, but there's a nice sky, and one has sand and like sort of foresty stuff. No, the woman in white has a bit of green to it. Mm. The reeds on the sand dunes is literally just like a third. You think of like if you're taking a photo in composition, it's a third sky, third water, third sand. Right. Um, and then the last one is just crashing waves with the sun setting in the background. Mm. Um, well, it's not the subway. Sorry, subway. Too dark. Don't, don't eat fresh. Uh, it's probably not the, the questionable large garlic. Um, although I feel like if you send me the photos later on, that might actually be the one I like. I'd probably it go is, for the I'd probably yeah. go for the one that has the third composition. The, the third. Composition. I won't be sucked in by the woman in white. Yeah, lovely, lovely. All lovely. too few, all, all too many have in the past. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't trust her. Lovely. Well, that is the end of the quiz. Oh yes, I'm ready. You, you now have your wand core, mm-hmm. and uh, your wand core, um, as by BuzzFeed, which you know we are very much very much invested in this uh is uh, it is telling me dragon heartstring well it's not but that's no. so <laughs> let me let me give let me give you the rundown on dragon please heartstring do, so, please do. so dragon heartstring cores are very powerful and capable however they do have some cons as all things do for one they can easily change their allegiance if one from their master in a duel they're also willing to perform dark magic if intended, and they can be a little bit temperamental to boot. Notable magic folk and uh, dragon heartstring cores, Hermione Granger, Minerva McGonagall, Victor Crumb, and Horace Slughorn. I mean, that's actually a pre- pretty good group of four. Mm. Um, dragon heartstring, yeah, kind of unders- undersold in the series. I think there's the issue with Harry, a lot of Harry Potters. They put yeah. a lot of emphasis on anything that related to Harry, and I think mm-hmm. in a similar mm-hmm. way to like Gryffindor as a house, that's why lots of people are like, Phoenix Core, Phoenix Core. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that you have done the quiz previously, and that's going to be part of the thing, is that yes. the quiz master will have done it in advance. Uh, what did yours turn up, and how many of my answers were similar to yours? So I also got dragon heartstring Mm. and i would say where we so i mean so i'll quickly run through uh gryffindor uh decently outgoing my favorite professor was professor snape uh i did do that i suddenly swear i am up to no good uh decently adventurous favorite uh character is hermione I have three to four close friends, so I think I went the kind of other direction of what you were thinking. Although, if yep. you have seven... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I did do the term villain as subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we yeah, we all kind of s- class and see villains as different, and they have different agendas. And Anyway, right, right, right. Um, I'm definitely a doer. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely more of a... I, I'm a leader, but as of me in this time right now, I would say I'm kind of more of a doer, and I just want to get the things done. Um, how confident are you? Decently confident. I went for Goblet of Fire myself. Uh, I'm sometimes argumentative. I'm sometimes competitive. And I am not high maintenance. And I chose the camping mug on some wood next to a lake. Oh, the camping mug. 
I so missed a bit about the lake. Um, <laughs> so we did have a few that were the same, but it was quite interesting. Some of us were different, and we both got dragon heart strung. Well, I mean, what I can add to this this sort of wider conversation is that there are uh, only three types of wand cores in the traditional wizarding world, and that is... Uh, is it un- unicorn? Uh, yeah, unicorn hair, I think. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's specifically from the tail. Uh, Dragon Heartstring and the most sort of celebrated is uh, Phoenix, the Phoenix Core, mm. um, which both... Voldemort, the Phoenix Feather Core is something that both Voldemort and uh, Harry Potter had. Um, I can tell you that my Pottermore wand yes, yes. was a Phoenix Core. Mm-hmm. It was a U uh, wood and it was 12 and three quarter inches. Um, what was interesting to me about when I did that was I think supposedly there were like 20,000 variations based on all the questions on Pottermore because in theory, every time you do a quiz... You know, if there's four answers, that makes four groups of people. The next time there are four answers, that creates, I think, 16 different groups. So the idea is, you know, exponential amounts, which is why I'm not surprised that we ended up with the same answer. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. three, you know, one and three shots, pretty decent. Um, True. But my wand was uh, identical to Tom Riddle's wand, except that it was three quarters of an inch shorter. So Phoenix oh, Core, you... Tom Riddle. Uh, and instead of being 13 and a half inches, it was 12 and three quarter inches. So I found that a little bit, a little bit scary when I did it. But um, <laughs> I have done it before, but I, I do not have any of that information in front of me. I really should have brought it up. Well, the, the Harry Potter episode is coming at some point. But, but one thing worth oh, talking sure. about is that probably I would imagine within that universe, your wand core would change based on the time that you got the wand so mm. as we change through life our preferences change whether it be you know food or travel or sexuality <laughs> for some people mm-hmm. or tv for some people um i'm sure that as my personality has changed things about me have changed in the magical world so maybe i am a dragon heartstring now mm. but good the main thing is I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I yeah, hope good. it was okay I that I took those off way more tangentially than they <laughs> needed to be. To the listener, if you don't like Harry Potter, I'm sorry for turning a 15-minute uh, segment into a 25-minute segment. Um, <laughs> it's almost over. We promise you there's more to talk about. Um, and if you didn't enjoy that, when we inevitably do come out with the hour-and-a-half full-length Harry Potter episode, oh, we will. feel free to not listen to it. We <laughs> won't be that offended. Skip over that Because it one. will be more of what just happened, only <laughs> way, way worse and way, way nerdier. But to you, Matt, thank you very much. I enjoyed that so thoroughly and i wish i could just keep talking about stuff but i won't for the sake of you and the listeners and everyone that (laughs) that isn't me um (laughs) i look forward to picking one out for you next time though yes please yes there's 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 plenty on there and i feel like if you if you rummage through you might be able to pick a topic that kind of tickles my fancy like harry potter does for you so there's a little little hint for you man i know you're a big twilight fan so uh oh oh, that's exactly what i was thinking i already know i already know i already know (laughs) so what are you going to listen to now 
you could browse endless podcast lists and take a shot. You could ask your mates and wait for no one to reply. Or you could listen to us, your friendly castologists, the professional pickers of all things podcast. Zane, Nick and Liz listen to all the things so you don't have to and find the best podcast that should be on your radar. Every Monday we're coming at you with three hand-picked podcast recommendations. Then we review each other's selections so you know what's really good. Will we always agree with each other's picks? Yeah, probably not. But hey, you're clever. You know how that's how reviews work. You got this. A that's not kind of productions podcast. But we should move on into the main yes, the main topic for for this week. Um, as we as we teased at the top, something we wanted to talk about for a while, mm. and we found a good way of sort of getting into it. Um, and to to not waste any more time, the topic we wanted to talk about is technology and social media. I think both of those words are important because I think it's about both of them. It's not just social media, it's the technology behind it. But I think the technology was sort of manifested in social media. And we both watched uh, the popular Netflix documentary, uh, The Social Dilemma, last night, which was kind of a moment like two or three months ago. And I don't know about you, but I kind of actively chose to not watch it then and now, which I was chatting about this with Fran last night. I think it's something I do quite often because I think there's a value in in consuming something a little bit after it's massively in the hype Yeah, where it's not the fad, yeah. Yeah, because I think maybe that leads us to think about what we're watching a little bit more than if we're simply riding the hype train with other people. So some people might say we're way behind the times on this, but... Yeah, decided that we'd both watch it last night as a sort of introduction and way into talking about uh, technology, social media, uh, toxicity of of dopamine and the addiction that comes with that and the effect it's having on our world and data collection and all that juicy good stuff. And when I say good stuff, it's not really good stuff. It's mostly bad stuff. But but let me just ask you right off the top in the broader sense, because there's so much that we're going to get into. Mm. What did you think? I, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, like it definitely, um, like it freaked me out a little bit, mm. you know? Now I obviously know that it was, you know, it's a docudrama, so yeah. it is kind of painted in a picture to, um, overemphasize things, right? Yeah. Um, there were moments in the show where, you know, they kind of showed this little, um, AI reality of what was kind of going on behind the, you know, the, the curtain of social media and stuff. So they really kind of played up that drama, you know, they follow a family kind of thing as well as they're interviewing all of these people. And yeah, look, I mean, I definitely was watching it and I was l- listening to things being like, wow. Um, but I also knew that, uh, that kind of thing isn't a reality for everyone when it comes to social media and stuff like that. Um, but it's definitely, it was definitely interesting to kind of hear from the experts that like, if they're concerned about something, then we should all kind of be concerned about something. Um, so yeah, definitely the ethics behind it all and where it all started and where it's all kind of tumbled to now, I think is the scary part, but I have an opinion on why that's happened. So, but yeah, it's, yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I, I had to kind of remember that this wasn't like Bible. It, it was a, it was a drama as well. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think I thought it was a good watch and definitely a watch that if you have concerns about social media, then I think it's kind of good to have a little bit more of a nudge towards what's really going on. 
Yeah, I definitely think it's the sort of thing that everyone should watch. Um, I think it was certainly aimed at, I don't want to say a certain demographic, but there were definitely undertones of like stuff aimed at parents. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I don't think it's not really the kind of documentary that can be spoiled with us talking about it. Um, don't necessarily turn off the podcast, even if you haven't seen it, because actually our conversation might prompt you to go and watch it. Um, I would say it's probably 75% uh, experts within the field, people who currently do or mostly used to work for like Facebook or Google or Twitter, uh, engineers, tech engineers who are part of creating different softwares that we now use, speaking about how things started and how they are now, why things are problematic, things we don't understand. Um, And then 25% sort of a purely fictional uh, account of a family and the kids using technology technology (laughs) a lot. Uh, as sort of a parable for like this is what could happen to people mm. this age mm. which yes is happening to probably millions of people that age across the world but didn't really interest me very much i think mm. as something off the top i kind of could have done without that but i could understand why if you're a parent with young kids that might be something that is really important to see as an example and i i felt yeah, like for definitely sure. parts of the documentary were more aimed at those people than me um i thought it was a really enjoyable watch i wasn't as creeped out about it as i expected because i feel like again when it was at its peak hype people were like whoa you watch this and it'll it'll really scare you and there were definitely aspects of it that i was surprised by and introduced to new information about that we'll get into but as i said to dad just before i was having a cup of tea before we came on i said to him a lot of this is information I feel like I already knew mm. and know to be the case. And I've just reckoned with that. Like yep. one thing for me is, is like data collection. I mean, just mm. as a random place to, to jump in, cause we're going yeah, yeah, to have yeah. to a big part of the documentary. And, and I guess where the world is going at the moment is all these conversations about collecting data, Google and Facebook and all these companies being able to, you know, store a bank of what you've searched for, the pictures you've looked at, the websites you've spent time on, and collecting this internet data reflective of you as an individual. I feel like some time ago I accepted that that was a reality and just decided, look, there's nothing you can do about this. The only true way to stop that happening is to not go on anything. Yeah. Like incognito doesn't do anything for data collection. Um, And I also was at the point of like, look, we've all been on the internet for years and years and years and years and years. They, these companies just have the stuff and you kind of just have to hope that, that it never is brought up or used against you. Not that I'm necessarily like I've been on terrible things and I'm scared about that. That's not the case. I'm fairly comfortable with my like internet history, but I think, this that's out of it is out of our hands anymore and unless you are like a a 13 year old getting introduced to social media right now and the parent says to you anything you ever search everyone will have i think it's kind of too late and that's something that an aspect of the social dilemma that i was like yep that's the case i know it should be true we're all stuffed if anyone ever comes and is everyone's dirty laundry but that is just the state of play um how do you feel about like data history search stuff like are you in a similar place to me where you've just accepted that that is that's on the cloud somewhere at some point oh yeah for sure yeah definitely i mean like we're we're that kind of like 
cusp of um, Gen Z, you know, like we're right at the end, the start of Gen Z kind of thing. So like we were brought up with the internet, you know, like right from an, an early age. So not that I was thinking about it then, but yeah, definitely lately. I think I've just kind of been like the, this internet is something that we use all the time and it is helpful and it is useful and it is also a bad thing. But I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't think I could go without it for mm. a long period of time. Um, and that's not just in a sense of a social aspect, you know, just um, the other things that it does for um, entertainment and information and things like that. So, yeah, I've definitely come to terms where it's like, yep, it's there. And like you said, if my laundry comes out sometime, then I'm just going to have to own it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think there's aspects of cancer culture stuff that blends into this, you know, different yeah, true. then versus who we are now. But mm. um, you're absolutely right. I, I think that is a key point that that documentary, I don't know if they hammered it in, enough. They might have, but like the fact that do, the way that dopamine is involved and stuff like social media is a drug going on the internet it is a drug if you are a parent and you're bringing your children up about you know talking to them about alcohol and drug consumption like social media is a drug it is mm. addictive it will take your you know it will take your energy and your focus and for sure i thought that it was uh, yeah considering that last night and you know as as we know us new zealanders and i guess all around the world the uh, the legalization of marijuana was something part of our big last election. I was uh, for a second there. I was contemplating the differences between like marijuana use and and internet use and the addiction stuff that comes from that. And just considering that we have such a different view of of substances and drugs that are physical, it's as in you have to consume them. Generally speaking, through mm. your mouth. Mm. There are other areas of the body that drugs can be consumed from. We'll, we'll use the mouth as an example. Um, <laughs> not that I would know anything about that, of course. No, 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 no. Um, but, yeah, something that's consumed through our eyes, generally speaking, I guess, you know, you can hear social media as well, but even if it has similar effects in our body in terms of addiction, there's something about consumption visually that feels very different to consumption like, yeah, for sure. in the tradi- traditional way. And I was considering like social media, recreational marijuana, where is the crossover there? And I think that that probably it was implicit in a lot of the documentary about like social media as a drug, the dopamine, you will be addicted was hit, but it could, it could have been interesting to see how that compares to other recreational drugs or even just, you know, alcohol or that, that might be something that I would be interested in learning more mm. about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, uh, it's something that just popped into my head now. I mean, they literally had to, I mean, not necessarily create a law. I don't know if it's a law, but a rule that, like, you obviously can't use your phones while driving. Yeah. Yet they go on about, like, drug driving all the time, you know, whether you're under the influence. But I, I was literally, I, I was in the car with mum the other day coming back from work, and I drove past a woman, and she's just sitting there on her phone, not noticing that she can go forward at the lights because cars have already gone kind of thing you know like so this person is attached to their their phone while they're driving yet we have so much concern for people that are also doing drug driving as well but it's like it's still kind of going on and happening thing yeah that's Um, a really interesting point yeah so like you said they we passed law about it but it has not done that i see people on their phones in the car all the time and Mm. if you had to put me in a situation where you said like you'll be driving around a lot of people that are stoned or you'll be driving around a lot of people that are drunk versus you'll be driving around a lot of people that are on their phones while driving i would probably 
I'd probably take the the drunken and high people over the people on their phones because at least I know their eyes are on the road on the road on something else yeah yeah exactly so yeah I think that was a uh, honestly like speaking for me when it comes to this kind of like dopamine hit and things like that like I I definitely feel that myself yeah it's not that I'm like for me personally when it comes to social media I'm not posting things all of the time and yeah. looking at how many likes and things and hearts and comments and stuff that I'm I'm getting I, yeah. I barely post but for me I scroll yeah. a lot I'm rolling through feeds looking at things looking for that like slight little hit of dopamine and entertainment where I'm like ha that's satisfying and then I'll look for the next thing, you know. Um, uh, the one one way that the social dilemma kind of put it was like your phone is like a slot machine. Yeah. You know, you're you're looking for that next kind of next kind of positive action. They call it a positive mm. action on your phone and scrolling and feed that's going to give you that hit of dopamine, just like gambling would do as well. You know, you look at recommended pages, TikTok, the for you pages, and things like that. And sometimes you'll stumble across things that just obviously don't work but then sometimes you'll just find that one little gem that's like wow that's cool um so yeah i i definitely i don't really yet yeah, contribute to social media but i very much consume it myself yeah. um you, so you know it's interesting yeah. this morning i was thinking about this and i was on instagram and i i saw the like the new posts thing and i was like mm-hmm. i'm gonna click this and see what it brings up yeah, I brought up a post and I was like, well done Instagram. That's probably something I was interested in seeing. But I specifically went and looked at when it was posted and it was three hours ago. And I was like, that is not new at all. Uh, like I follow, I don't know, like maybe 300 people on Instagram. Yeah, the chances yeah, yeah, yeah. are there would definitely be a post more recent than that, if not mm-hmm. more like 10 or 15 or 20 or whatever. And I went, yep, you've basically lied when you've said new posts and you've actually just reshuffled to something yep. sort of recently. Yeah, um, definitely. But it's interesting what, what you say because I would have made that assessment about you as well. You being mm. more of a, a social media consumer than a, like a content creator yeah, or influencer, however you want to put it. Um, and I was considering where we are now versus where we are like f- were five years ago. I, I think to some extent I'm, I'm not as much of a consumer and not creator as you are, but I'm nowhere near as much of a creator to use just these these buzzwords yeah, I as I you. used to be but I think mm-hmm. that's the case for I'm a lot same. of people yeah. at least in our age group and I think we have to remember when we watch these sorts of documentaries that we are very different from people three years younger than us people mm-hmm. three years younger than us are different than people six years younger than us because we grew up in a time with dial-up internet we still remember that I think we were really <laughs> fortunate that to be part of the the age group that yeah still remembers that like mom get off the phone i'm on the internet you know we still remember (laughs) what that was like and so i think even as social media and the internet becomes more and more common it's been more and more constant four years for us we still remember there being a time without it whereas i think you probably only have to go two or three years younger than us and People have no memory of that, let alone kids that are, are 15 now. And I don't know what happened in technology 15 years ago, but like have grown up their whole life. And I think yeah. in some ways, the social dilemma was more so aimed at that generation and the parents of that generation than us. I, I, I think, I mean, we obviously can't speak for everyone that's 24, 25, 26. Yeah, yeah. But there's definitely aspects that I see in that. And I think when you talk about the, the consuming versus creating stuff, 
um, I was thinking about the concept of likes and how that was such a mm. big part of social media, dare I say, like five years ago, 10 years ago, like I think 2010, 2011. I mean, I joined Facebook in 2009, I think. I think yeah, Snapchat was, was like 2011, around that sort of area. There was a time where uh, likes and validation based on numbers was such a huge thing. Like how many yeah. people liked my posts on Facebook? Like for like was this whole phase in Facebook where you would post like for like, people would like your post and then you'd comment on their wall things you liked about them. Now, there was definitely a currency of of volume of people liking stuff. I, mm-hmm. I'm sure people our age remember the years where on your birthday the number of people that posted on your wall there was a certain validation of how many people cared about you how many people were posting on your and that's not really a thing anymore both in and people don't really post on facebook and look for likes generally speaking people don't really wish each other happy birthday on facebook anymore some people still do but it's not this like inbuilt competition of like wow how many people recognize that it's my day instagram kind of famously either last year or the year before uh took down at least in new zealand and some countries not everywhere in the world i don't think they took off the number of likes feature on photos so you yeah, no longer yeah, see yeah. oh 112 likes you just see a name of a user who liked it and others and you can still see the number of likes on your own content but not on other people other people's um yeah. that was a whole rabbit warren of the role of influencers and that was a big issue but i feel like we've moved away from caring about the number of likes and how that translates. I mean, there's definitely still the, there's definitely still the inbuilt stuff of if you're someone who creates, you want people to engage with it and consume it and like it and share it. But I, th- I don't think we're in quite as much of a numbers validate yeah. popularity as we were like five years ago. Mm. But that's just on the apps that I use. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to talking about TikTok because I know that that is still very much a thing in terms of numerical likes and shares and views. But how I view my own social media consumption, I I think we're probably in the same page here. Is I feel like five years ago, it was way more of a competition popularity game. And I like to think that I've grown out of that as I yeah. think a lot of people our age group have or at least I hope they have I think that is one hurdle that we have climbed over a little bit mm. and I, I think well we kind of got to keep climbing you know yeah, of course I, I think it, and, and and riffing off that it's like we obviously were you know kind of brought into it um you know, not as you're saying, not the luxury of like being born into an era where I can have my like an iPhone straight into my hand, kind of thing. Yeah, um, we were kind of like brought into it, so we've we've kind of seen what life can, as a very young child, obviously, but what life is before and after, or before and during. Whereas, yeah, I think uh, a lot of kids these days, obviously, being brought up in the sense of that's all that their kind of like social fabric is apart from like school and things like that um so yeah i I think i don't know we've we've obviously (laughs) i say evolved um but yeah definitely changed the way that we think and and view and see those things but it'll be interesting to see the longer that you know these kids that have grown up with it when they get to our age are they going to be either consuming it more or less kind of thing you know like do we reach an age where it kind of just becomes like uh, yeah, that's not that's not cool anymore. It's not what you do. Or are they going to be the generation that's just going to like ramp it up and keep it going? You know, to this. Yeah, I think I think we keep living in 
in times where what what isn't cool for a long time then becomes cool you see it happen with fashion all the time true and I guess a hope of mine is that a generation comes along where all of a sudden being social media, being not being on social media goes from not being cool to being a cool thing. And maybe mm. that's just the the circling that is actually required to break the cycle. I definitely know people our age that are not on social media at all. And I find yep. that a fascinating case study. Like there was a guy at, um, a guy called James Berman, shout out. You won't be listening to this, but if you know James Berman, great young actor, um, just not on anything. And so no way of contacting him because I don't have his phone number because mm. I'm in a different country to him now. And I thought that was sort of very brave and fascinating. Yeah, 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 and yeah for sure. I never actually had a conversation with him about it. And then there's also people that don't use specific apps for things. I know there's been a real trend towards deleting uh, Facebook as an app specifically. Mm. Um, and that might actually be a, a good segue into something I wanted to ask you about the apps that are on your phone and if you had to break down percentage of sort of time spent on on certain apps i'm I'm interested to hear where you spend most of your time like if you look at a pie chart of time spent on apps on your phone that aren't calculator or chess or i guess i guess (laughs) chrome counts as maybe surfing the internet counts as a as a category and then you have sort of all the the classics apps and there's social media apps as well as youtube um ones you do use ones you don't use sort of at least in this specific point in time and how that's changed and ones you you used to use lots and now don't use and ones didn't exist and now exist i'm just interested to sort of get a gauge of what your pie chart is yeah yeah i get you yeah well i've just pulled out my phone just kind of having a look um unfortunately the uh the kind of thing that tells you where you've spent most of your time on your phone uh, has flicked over to the next week um, and I actually don't know how to get to the previous week um, but that's okay that's absolutely fine I think you'll have a probably have a pretty good gauge I've got a gauge of myself yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely spend I would say the most time on Instagram like now Instagram and TikTok yeah um, I spend a lot of time on TikTok and I've obviously I've not obviously I've talked to people about this as well it's just this like I I don't post I don't do anything you know I've got a I do have a TikTok thing and I have done a few of them just for a little bit of entertaining lockdown thing that I did last year um but I don't have this urge of wanting to do do more really and get into it but I will quite happily just like if I've got nothing to do I've kind of you know finished playing video games or um watch some YouTube stuff I will just before bed sit back and just like go through TikTok and just go through all of these different videos and things and I I I just I I some of it's very hit and miss you know some things you'll watch and it's like no like what is the point of this and then sometimes you'll just find something and it's like man that's funny or entertaining or creative or something so yeah I it's definitely TikTok I've definitely jumped on and and very in line with with that um Instagram as well I'm I yeah I love like looking at photos and you know sceneries and things like that but i yeah i follow a lot of people on um tiktok no on on tiktok on instagram and yeah it's just kind of nice seeing what people are up to um but it's very much like you know not a lot of close friends anymore at least because that's the thing like when i think of facebook i have you know how i was saying i have like three to four close friends in that harry potter quiz yeah i have like over a thousand friends on facebook and it's like 
I do not know how many of those people I have talked to within the last, I would say, two years yeah. at least, you know? So it's all of these people that have kind of just been there throughout. You, I've never had a cleanse. I know people do cleanses sometimes of, of their friends list and stuff. Um, but yeah, I really just like going on Instagram and just looking and seeing what's up. You know, um, I you know you follow celebrities and things like that. It's just everyone's still using it, so it's nice to kind of see. Do you um, think you use TikTok or Instagram more? And what like just as a hundred percent of those two? Is it yeah. a fifty fifty? Is it sixty forty one way? Is it seventy five yeah, twenty five? I'd probably I'd probably say sixty forty to Instagram. Oh really? Yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah, I'd probably say sixty forty. Although in saying that, I could be thinking of another day and it would probably flip the other way as well. Yeah. So probably yeah, yeah. 50-50. Let's say 50-50, I would say both of them. But I mean, yeah, I remember when like I used to use like Snapchat yeah. all the time. Snapchat was the thing. Um, and I've still got it installed, but yeah, barely ever use it anymore, you know. Um, I remember when people were, obviously there's a story function on Instagram. Everyone used to do their stories on Snapchat as well. Yeah. Um, and I, there are a few people that still roll through Snapchat all the time and doing stories, which I will go have a dabble at. Um, but yeah, once again, barely use that. And then Facebook, yeah, once again, it's just it's just scrolling for me, you know. Really big important things, I'll do Facebook posts and stuff like that, but once again, it's just kind of seeing seeing what everyone's up to and that kind of that kind of hub um, of things. But other than that, you know, look, I've got a few dating apps on here as well, but um, not that they're really doing anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, I'm trying to think what else. What about YouTube, man? How often are you on YouTube? Oh, every day. Yeah. Every day. Uh, okay, if I was to say something that I use the most, it would definitely be YouTube. It's interesting that, eh? Because I don't think we really think of YouTube as being social media, but in the way that we consume yeah, advertising yeah. and screen time, I definitely. think it's actually a lot bigger than we we th- we give it credit for. Because yeah. it's not in the traditional engaging with people we know in some way. Feeds I think and... It, yeah. yeah. And because yeah. YouTube was just on the internet for a long time. I think we kind of give YouTube this this sort of green pass. We're kind of like, oh, it's not social media. But I think that's one of the big things for me recently. I mean, mm. obviously, I'll get into to mine soon. But, yeah, YouTube is a big one for YouTube. me. I think I spend a lot yeah. of time, time on that. And I yeah. expected that you would as well because oh, I know sure. your love of, like, video content is quite yeah. high. Yeah, yeah. I um, I mean, I, yesterday I was watching, like, streaming. You know, like, YouTube has really big uh, YouTube gaming now and there are um, people that I really love watching that stream on YouTube you know a lot of people go to Twitch um, for their you know for their gaming streams and things like that but I actually like watching things on YouTube as well yeah um, so yeah a lot of content there you know you got your people that you yeah your favorite your subscriptions I should say um, there's only one person I actually pay like um, like content for kind of thing and that was last year because I was watching them all of the time um but yeah i I, it's funny you know one thing that the social dilemma was talking about and obviously with like algorithms and like what you're watching and watch time and things like that you know there was this little comment part way through the social um dilemma where it was like um don't ever click on recommendations because you're just like playing into the algorithm if you want to watch something or look at something find it yourself yeah. kind of thing because then you're just giving more to the ai machine that is behind it all kind of stuff yeah but to be honest recommendations work for me 
Yeah. <laughs> of course they do. You know, because, th- that's why they're there, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. But um, I think the point of that is like, is that something that you need to watch or is it just like a laziness aspect of, and I know I don't, I say laziness, I'm completely the same. Oh, no, so I often the recommended stuff comes up <laughs> and even the YouTube comments, there's always people being like, no one ever searched for this and you were all watching it. Like, yeah, we, yeah. Enjoy, we enjoy watching it, but is that just because we're so passive that, where you're like, well, give me anything to take my time rather than going <laughs> and being like, I want to watch this specific video. But yeah, that was something that I definitely clocked when mm. I was thinking about YouTube as a way that I can change my consumption and way that I use that as as an app. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, YouTube all the way, I would say for me. What but about you, Reddit? So, do, you, do you use Reddit? Nah, man. Honestly, I don't. I have never, ever really been a Reddit reddit user Mm. at all i will only go to reddit if i know i can't like really find something yeah i know reddit it will be on reddit like there will be a there will be a thread talking about it somewhere yeah um my cousin felix i know that he is into reddit or at least when we were growing up he was always going through reddit and things like that but for me nah nah not really ever use it Mm. because i know you you do you do you were you were a reddit user i've got some thoughts on reddit Mm. To, to share it some more. Sorry, I cut you off before. What were you going to say? Uh, oh, oh, no, just in the sense of um, completely agreeing on the sense of uh, like green lighting YouTube. Yeah. In the sense of social media. Because honestly, like I, on my bar, you know, of like, um, you know, like Netflix and Disney Plus and stuff like that, my YouTube is in between Netflix and Disney Plus. Yeah. You know, because I view it in that sense of kind of like, that those platforms you know yeah. those streaming viewing platforms i never really look at it in the sense of that social media but you're so right people are creating content and people are consuming content which is yeah. exactly what it is um so yeah that's really interesting you bring up that point as well because yeah i i definitely don't think it's as um i mean well actually that's wrong i was going to say it's not as toxic as what other social media platforms can be but to be honest it can be because youtube has had to do a lot of uh cleansing lately in the sense of the content and um you know uh censoring you know different people and things like that on what's going on because there are obviously you know times for you know propaganda or you know and and things like that and false information fake news all of that kind of stuff people can put that content on there and it can be consumed quite easily in a visual platform like myself i'm very much a visual person so seeing things and stuff like that conspiracies all of those types of videos are on youtube um so yeah i kind of detract what i was going to say because it very much can be a toxic place as well but i know youtube is very much trying to yeah just get control of its platform a little bit more and make sure that its content creation and what's going on is at least a a safe place people obviously you know, people can believe what they want to believe and share what they want to share, you know, like free will and all of that kind of stuff. But I think we're kind of getting to this age now. I mean, fruitcake to even think they were in 2021 is still weird to me um, that we're kind of growing as a society and humanity and trying to figure out what is right and wrong and truth and not truth and things. I don't think we've quite cracked it, but I definitely think we're trying to make things better for everyone at least yeah universally universally. yeah for sure um that was my tangent sorry thank you no that's okay (laughs) um is there any any other apps you think you haven't talked about or do you think that's a pretty good 
before I dive on into into oh, my pie chart. I think I think that's pretty. Hey, like I look at my phone now. Yeah, Instagram, Snapchat's there. YouTube, Facebook. Uh, blue, 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 blue. Uh, TikTok. Everything else is just all of these little random apps on my phone, and nah, that's all. That's all I would say. Yeah. Cool. Um, it was an interesting starting point. What I think is really interesting, and that applies to both of us, is you didn't mention Twitter once at all there. No, and I've, man. I've never nah. been on Twitter. I had never. an account at some point uh, that I used, oh, I don't know, years and years and years ago. And at some point I tried to delete it just because I didn't want it anymore and couldn't remember passwords and whatever. So <laughs> the account is still there, but it has no content on it because I couldn't delete it, but I could like delete all the post like interaction stuff yep, that I'd, yep, yep. I'd had on there. And I think that's one app that a lot of people in our age group have not been sucked into. I know there are some people that do use Twitter, mm. but for you and me, it's just for whatever reason, just skipped it. Just yeah. never appealed. And what you said about being a visual person I before I think applies because Twitter is not a visual platform. It's, it's all written based and it's consuming mm. other people's writing and sharing. So I just thought it was interesting that you didn't raise that. I didn't raise that as in it's not something I'm on, but in the social dilemma, it was definitely in an app that some people mention as being their big thing. Mm. Um, Whereas you and I just are not on at all. Um, I've definitely limited my Facebook consumption over the last year, two years, whatever. I don't go on very much. Actually, I think with this podcast, it's been part of why I found it really hard to do posts on Facebook because I'm not, that interested in being on Facebook and I've been enjoying limiting my time on Facebook. Mm. Um, So yeah, Facebook is just something that I haven't used that much. I also know quite a lot of people in our age group that is the app that they are deleting because it sort of seems redundant and doesn't serve as much purpose anymore. Instagram is definitely the biggest one for me as, as you were mentioning before. I think it's similar like seeing what people are up to. I don't post that much anymore. There was a time where I was posting more um, but what's been interesting for me with Instagram is having control of a social media Instagram platform for a business that I do marketing posts for. Mm, with mm. that, I have had to do a lot of content creation and posting, and that's something I'll, I'll wheel back to before. Uh, I'll come back to later on, reflecting on that. So my time on Instagram, at least for the last six months, has been split between my personal Instagram and, in a sense, my business Instagram um, but definitely that is the app that I spend most time on. I mean, we have the Rose Bruce one, I have the business that I work for, and I have my personal one. Um, another thing for me is just TikTok. Just the fact that I just have decided I'm not going to go on TikTok. I don't yeah, know what dog. point I decided it. <laughs> I just realized that it's just so addictive. I know once I'm in, I'll be in. And mm, I mm. just, if you don't get in, then you can't be affected by it. Friend goes yeah. on TikTok a lot. I've seen lots of TikToks. I've seen TikToks that are funny, as I've mentioned before. I know um, the trends. Yeah. Well, well there's con- I know there's content on there that appeals to me, and that is specifically why I'm not downloading it and I'm not yeah, going to have yeah, one yeah. because I know it will just be another thing that will take up time. And I think in some ways that is kind of the reflection of some of the messaging at Social Dilemma. Like, if you don't have this thing in your life and you don't think you need it, just don't introduce it. Because if mm. you don't know what you're missing or you, you, you don't start yourself on that train, that's kind of the only way to get out. Because once you're in, 
I think we've talked before about TikTok and like the infinite scrolling thing about how you eventually you just have to pull yourself away from it at some point. Yeah. 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 I think that aspect of TikTok, it's quite, quite scary. So I'm, I'm not trying to be one of those people that's like, I'm not on TikTok. I'm cool because of it, but it is something that I've actively made myself not join. And I think I'm personally happy about that. Um, but my equivalent to, to TikTok in some sense, I think would be Reddit because I go on Reddit every mm. day. Mm. Um, for people that don't know Reddit's, oh, I, keep, I don't, I don't know, really know how to describe it. I'd kind of almost say that Reddit is now what Facebook sort of used to be and that different influences of different areas of things that, you know, sometimes it's just pictures or sometimes it's videos or highlights or news or whatever. And that same cluster of all sorts of stuff like Facebook kind of used to be, or still is for people that use Facebook. Um, one of the things interesting about Reddit is you can use it in different ways. Like Reddit for years has been trying to get me to download the app. And I said, no, not downloading <laughs> the app. So I only use it on, you know, it can still go on my phone via chrome a browser yeah yeah, tried to avoid the app thing and if you have a reddit account then it starts tailoring stuff to you based on what you have been consuming very much like the social dilemma implied and i don't use that the only things i go on are the front page which is the most popular posts at the moment which i think is more problematic and specific subreddits which i think is less problematic because like the front page of reddit is just everyone's crap everyone's seeing the same stuff it's kind of that same cycle of what's funny what's informative what's going on at the moment i think that is something i want to cut back on because it's just going on a site to have the internet tell me what's topical what's at the moment top. yeah what i don't think is problematic is like i was i was saying to someone before like my love of nfl american football has grown specifically because of reddit was the NFL subreddit, you know, I can't watch games in New Zealand because they're at funky times. Uh, the YouTube highlights are often like rubbish. So sometimes I'll just go on the NFL subreddit, watch highlights on there. And then I have people who understand the game in the comment section explaining mm. why something happened or why this was controversial, why this is incredible, why these moves for teams trading players is, is interesting from a financial perspective. And so my love of that thing has grown based on having a community online where people can offer their information, their knowledge, and I can enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, And I yeah. think I go on that uh, subreddit to engage in that sort of sports community specifically. Or sometimes I will go on, I don't know, the movie subreddit because I want to watch a new trailer and see what other people think about the trailer. But I think the issue with Reddit is that it's very much an echo chamber. And I think specifically with politics, I've found myself in the last few years, there've been times where like I've gone on specific subreddits to see how people react to things because I want to be validated that other people feel the same way that I feel. And that really lends into what the social dilemma was saying about, you know, if there are people that feel differently to you, politically being a sort of key example, the left and the right, and if you look at them and think, how can they possibly not believe in climate change? Like, how can they possibly believe that Trump is good or, or whatever? It is because they are receiving a completely different set of information and news than you are. And, you know, it's not to say that these people are, are entirely innocent um, of, of, you know, these specific opinions and ideas about the world that I think are just completely wrong. But we also do have to recognize that what these people are consuming is completely different to us. And True. and if we were receiving all this different information, how susceptible would we be to these ideas? You know, we're kind mm. of suckers to, to the algorithm and, and what the machine suggests. I mean, 
the youtube recommend thing is so scary because they just know stuff that you want to watch they've just yeah, yeah, yeah. they've and the randomness of it like a sports video to a gaming video to a movie review to they just know and imagine if that was applied to stuff that you didn't feel passionate about you know then you would be then we would be all up in arms about oh my god it's sending me stuff you know recommendations that i don't want so i think i've gone from thinking reddit is it's like brilliant the, the best thing to happen to the internet to now trying to recognize that there are problematic aspects of it and i need to be better about using it to engage with specific communities you know people the movie people that like discussing movies and, and mm. people that like discussing the nba or the cricket community sometimes go on the new zealand subreddit because it's interesting to see people you know chatting about new zealand stuff rather than like the stuff comments i find that generally speaking the people are less rude than say stuff comments but reddit's a big one that i think i need to reflect on how i how i use it um yeah. especially yeah. in comparison to the the other ones um yeah again i i have a few things that i i want to speak about changes i've been making and and things that i want to do better I, i'm sure you have some of those but i think we should leave that to the end as kind of a, a wrap yeah, up yeah, so yeah, i yeah. won't go into that now but yeah i think that's a probably a decent pie chart for me i'd say it's probably maybe 30 percent instagram 30 percent youtube 20 percent reddit and then i guess facebook snapchat i barely use i tend to just delete it off my phone and then delete it reinstall it every few weeks to see if anything's happened it's definitely a trifecta of of youtube and uh instagram and reddit for me yep. i think yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i yeah i see that yeah it's 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 all a it's a it's a weird weird web of like social media and consuming and stuff and i mean like you know bring it back to the kind of like technology aspect of this all it's like it's obviously become way more accessible because of the things that we have in our pockets every single day you know like our phones our phones are literally small computers and that's i i mean obviously you know you have conversations like older generations and things like that and it's like that's freaky to them you know and they or they don't quite get around to it they don't understand it um and we've obviously been kind of brought into it and then now these generations now are literally being born with it Mm. and it's only going to become more accessible and things like that and you know that's one thing that the social dilemma kind of talked on and stuff like that and you're kind of seeing more um more uh, you know kind of mental health issues with with the young you know um they put up some really you know kind of concerning data in the sense of uh, in america specifically and we know in new zealand that we have bad mental health in children as it is whether that's um you know something to do with social media i wouldn't be surprised if it if it isn't you know um but in america you know they were showing kind of these massive growths of um the mental health and self-harm and you know suicide in young kids through you know before facebook really started becoming like a massive thing um to to now and where those numbers are and you know it's really freaky and it it all kind of came down to that kind of you know self-worth and identity you know what young kids are consuming these days on you know you know looking like this and filters and all of this kind of stuff and and likes with friends and 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 all all this kind of kind of just you know self-absorbing stuff um has kind of you know evolved you think of like back in 
back in the days, back in the times, like tribes, you know, and obviously tribes are still existing now, you worry about what people thought of you. You know, there's been a big push, or not a big push, there's a been a big thing um, that's happened with uh, video calls, obviously because of the pandemic and stuff, where people are worrying about what's uh, what their house looks like in the background of conference calls. So people are literally going and buying things and books and stuff to make them look uh, more educated in the background of their um, conference call videos. Really? And yeah. I, mean, I have yeah. not engaged with that at all. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So it's this whole mess of like uh, what you want people to think of you. Um, in that kind of sense, you know, so people are putting themselves in their offices and buying like, um, you know, like travel books to show that they're well traveled or, um, you know, literature books to show that they're creative and things like that. And they read and it's, it's, it's really fascinating. And, you know, you can't, you kind of see that, uh, that identity, you want to make sure that people, you know, really like you and you're worth it. And I think that's, that's what's kind of happening with, with our young kids and how we were saying right at the top of this, that kind of parenting aspect side of it, you know, you've got to, you've got to watch, watch your kids and what they're consuming and what they're doing. And, you know, they talked about these big people, these big tech people that have worked in these industries have said to their kids that like, you're not going on social media until you're like, you know, 16 or something like that, or you're not getting a phone until this typical age. I I, I still get really scared when I see kids with phones because it's, it's just, I think there's so much more that that could, kid could be absorbing in the real world right now that's more beneficial to them rather than looking at, like, you know, what celebrity dresses were worn this year at the Met Gala kind of thing. I don't know, that was a random thing. But yeah, I think that's one thing that at least our generation now as, you know, what, 25 probably looking at having kids not that I have anyone to have kids with but you know at some point looking to have kids and being like how am I going to you know look after them when it comes to social media and their mental health and what's more what's more important you know um so yeah I think that was a really big thing that yeah they could have as you were saying at the start with social dilemma could have got hit a little bit more but definitely made me think um in the sense of you know the mental health for I mean even me, as I said, these kind of dopamine hits that I'm getting from social media and stuff, but what that can really affect um, younger generations and getting attached to these phones that are so accessible, you know, it's so accessible. You have, you have iPhones, you know, iPads, tablets, uh, you know, computers, even watches now, watches are doing everything. And that's, that's just a flick of the wrist. It's just a flick of the wrist and it's all there. So it's really, it's going to be interesting to see how technology evolves because things are only going to get more accessible for us. Yeah. But then how we kind of have control of that kind of social media aspect. It'll be interesting to see if things kind of just like, as we were saying, we're obviously, you know, people are deleting stuff, but whether they're actually just going to like die out or be like, as a part of our kind of society and how society works, we're going to be like, okay, social media is out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as Facebook, as we know, is out. But the problem is, is that it's all money. You know, of it's all money. And that's why it's not dying. Because it's yeah. just money, 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 money. The richer are getting richer with that kind of stuff. So that I think that's the problem and that's where it needs to start, in my opinion. You, um, you touched on something really that I, that was on my list to talk about that I think was really important about about the documentary and 
what was mentioned is the concept of sort of life outside social mm. media and and everything that we miss out on and what what kids new generations aren't engaging with and and i think it's definitely true that we are losing the skill of enjoying life without technology mm. we might you know we're already there but i think it's a it's an escalation rather than we're at a fixed point now i think personally that's what i'm trying to trying to do is to, to keep a healthy balance of enjoying life things outside and that's why people don't read anymore i mean people are more inclined to read than other people but it's so hard hard to justify that and get quality sit down reading time when you have all these distractions uh, Mm, other things going on um one thing that i mentioned to fran that i thought was wasn't i thought thought was an interesting point that that came up and it was because yesterday uh i for a couple of hours went to victoria university and and you know as we said with to Tabby and Kai when they came on the show uh, we all play basketball together and we did that for the first time this year and it was so interesting to for two hours everyone's phones were away we were just playing basketball and I think sport is one of the few shining lights mm. of, of something that is technology free essentially yep. obviously you can watch sport consume, yeah, you can yeah, consume yeah. sport but the playing of sport technology kind of has no role uh, for most sports I mean cricket basketball football rugby whatever you you know it, it does it has no purpose in it yes and analysis and watching video of but the game itself there is no role and so mm. if you're playing sport it's one of the, the last like strongholds of anti-technology i think yeah and i think that's why people that are inclined to sport or adventures to go skiing to go mountain climbing maybe are having stronger resolve against technology than people who never had that desire to play sport even our generation you know people where where under six football came in before facebook ever did you know mm. we, we had the opportunity to engage with the sport before technology ever really came around but i think now that is really one out where some people are finding um that there is sort of a fight against technology because for me yesterday the two hours where i played sport was pure two hours where i just didn't I couldn't use my phone and therefore didn't miss it. Whereas I think there's there's other aspects of life. I mean, let's say going out for dinner or lunch. That is something where technology has massively infiltrated. Yeah, taking pictures True. of stuff, Take sharing where you are, sending yep. re- reviews. Mm-hmm. And I, I was trying to think of other examples of stuff where technology just has no place. And I I struggled to be honest. I think going outdoors and sports is one of really the last few things that is offers an opportunity to people to not you know not be on technology and that was an example that was in the sort of fictionalization of the son and the mm. social dilemma on the soccer team and he doesn't go to practice because he's on his phone True. I, I think as as one of those those sense of like we've lost the skill it's hard if sport isn't something that has an option to you and and one thing that fran said to me that i think was really poignant and uh sort of is in line with lots of what we've been talking about with work and frustration with work of our generation at least she she pondered the question like what if life outside the technology is a life that you're kind of bored of you know for people that are at work from nine to five and hate their job actually being on their technology you know scrolling on tiktok or being on instagram is actually more enjoyable than the job you're doing i think that's also Mm. part of the difficulty of growing up particularly when you you know in full-time work or whatever 
if that stuff bores you, then the, it's not that technology is distracting you from something better, like the kind of go outside and climb a tree type thing that we attribute <laughs> to kids for people that are like, go back to your desk and do your work. Like, that doesn't sell. So of course technology is seductive because you'd rather be on Instagram scrolling pictures of people than doing your, you know, punching your numbers and on your laptop or whatever. So I thought that was a really interesting point that she brought up. If we're dissatisfied with life outside, then technology is more seductive. Whereas if there's other stuff you want to be doing, like with two hours of basketball where technology has no involvement, then it's easy to say, oh, well, I should leave my phone because there's something mm. I want to be doing. But if you don't have the, the life outside stuff, if we've lost that skill or we don't have those interests, then you're, you're even more susceptible to the, the, the stuff that technology offers you. Yeah, I think you've pretty much just described me. <laughs> not that not that I am dissatisfied for outside, but I think at the moment, yeah, I'm working, you know, majority of the week. And then when I get home, I just really, I don't want to go do anything. And yeah. I get enough entertainment and enjoyment from what's literally right in front of me. You know, I have my PS5, I have my, I have my video games, I have YouTube, I have content that people are creating that I really enjoy that I would rather be watching in those moments. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a very interesting thing. But I mean, I, as I know this year, I'm kind, I want to change that, I guess, coming to the near the top end of this conversation, you know, like that is something that I want to change this year, leaving my job. And I just want to kind of, yeah, go do more things. Um, yeah. It's it's, inter- it's interesting that though as well, because I have also thought about started, um, start streaming my games as well, you yeah. know, which is more content and, and things. And But it's also something that I love doing. Video games has always been a thing, but it's never been something toxic and bad for myself. Uh, it's always been a community and a, a thing that I we've always wanted to be a part of and so that's something i do want to start doing this year is actually more more kind of content creation in the sense of my video games and stuff um but yeah i definitely i think once i've got more time to myself i want to go for walks man you know i miss outside and i know i can go outside but i just i feel like when i've got more time for myself and i'm not as tired from work and things I'll want to go and like do more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of excited for what this year brings, but yeah, this kind of the social dilemma and everything. And not that I'm a massive social media person already. It's once again, it's that, it's that consumption of it, you know, um, that I think I need to, yeah, be careful of and, and stuff. Yeah. You know, I think it's a really interesting aspect that I wanted to bring up briefly that wasn't really touched in, touched on in the social dilemmas mm. is where message apps fits into all this i mean yeah, whatsapp true. and facebook messenger being the big two it's interesting one of the guys in that was talking about how email is his addiction and i think yeah most yeah, people yeah. probably watched that and scoffed and like oh, email Ugh, like emails what different gen you are but <laughs> the i think the messaging apps are slight uh, because a lot of what the social dilemma was talking about is the fact that we are the product. We are selling our time to people and they are able to advertise at us. Yeah. WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger don't have inbuilt advertising. So if you just use those apps and you just communicate with people you know, whether they are in the same city as you, overseas, whatever, you're actually just, in some ways, I think they're less toxic. You know, lots of people have deleted oh, Facebook, sure. but have kept Facebook Messenger. Kept Messenger. They're, yeah. they're talking to, uh, we're talking to each other. But I guess 
the data mining you know if i send you a message about guitars then next time i'm on instagram or facebook or whatever they might send me ads for guitars because mm-hmm. they do track our messaging uh, yes. apps but those apps there's obviously social media but i think they fit a different car- uh, category because it is about communicating with people in the same way that i don't really think texting is problematic uh, because it's it's just communicating Con- with people connectivity, and catching yeah. up it's the the doom scrolling through random pictures and random news and is it fake news do you actually need to see the stuff that the messaging stuff they didn't really bring up so much i think because possibly they are the lesser of of the evils in a sense but the the messaging stuff i think really ties into the sense of of notifications that was a big thing that the social dilemma hit. yeah that, true you know it's there's two separate things there's when you're on your phone already the stuff that they're selling you the advertising the data that they're tracking from you and then there was the other portion of when you're not on your phone how can they get you back on your phone mm. uh, that was the stuff that I, I felt was actually almost more interesting because uh, again i i clock ads all the time a lot of the times i go like why are you sending me this this is not me i know that you're tracking my activity but the the concept of of the the vis- visualization in the documentary of the that these three controllers controlling the fictional protagonist and trying to get him back on the screen when he takes a hiatus and you know how do they get you back on your phone rather than the stuff that's happening when you're already on your phone uh, to me links into the the messenger stuff because a lot of the time on messenger apps i you know this concept of leaving people on on scene or unread you know i have messages from people that sometimes i just don't reply to because i don't want to have to engage with that at the moment and i might leave it a day you know it's a bit different if someone texts you and say hey what time are you getting to the meeting that we're meeting at if i'm having a conversation with someone on the other side of the world and i can leave it to the next day sometimes i do and I was thinking about how the, the notification control center, when they're like, why isn't he replying to this person? Why isn't he getting back on the phone? There's maybe a bit of a fight back of the the way that now our generation sometimes doesn't reply to people instantaneously. Like sometimes we, we just let it like sit for a bit because we actually don't want to have to engage. So I think there are parts of our brain that are fighting back against the the need to respond instantly be in constant communication um but yeah when i was thinking about bits of the documentary that that i felt were new and enlightening to me the stuff about i'm not on my phone how are they working to get me back on my phone yeah it was a bit more shocking than the i'm on my phone i'm being advertised to <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah if that makes sense yeah, yeah that makes I, sense yeah i thought sure. the vis- visualization of of the sort of three controllers trying to work you to get you back yeah on yeah was, yeah was, was it was, engage was, engagement was growth and ads right that was the i think that was the three i think someone was talking about the algorithms like that's what they look at they look at engagements what you're engaging with yeah. growth and ads and i think that's what those three represented they're their yeah. engagement growth and ads and yeah, yeah that, that 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 um was kind of um uh i mean obviously it's a you know augmented kind of thing but yeah that was very true that was probably the most scariest kind of yeah behind the curtain is that that's what it could be like and i think the notifications side of it that it's not so much about what you do on your phone i think most of the the learning from this is about time spent on phone like i think yeah part a is educating people of when you're on these apps this is what's happening your data is being taken you're being sold to you're getting more and more addicted 
this is what happens when you're on them. Then point B is how can you limit the effects of that? And again, I think this was one of my comments or reviews about the documentary. And again, this came from Fran, not from me, where she said sometimes the issues with these documentaries is is that the ratio of of information they present and then solutions they present is so skewed. Like with Social Dilemma, probably 95% of the documentary was here is the issues or this is the problem. And only 5% of it was like, what can we do about it? Mm. And it's all very well to be informed about, you know, I guess the scare tactic of this is the stuff that's happening might influence people to make change. But there was only a tiny little bit at the end sort of, you know, like you said before, if you're on YouTube, don't click the recommended videos, you know, the suggestion for parents to, well, I'm not going to let my kid be on social media until I'm 16. But once they're on, once they are 16, you know, they're still part of the cycle true i thought it would have been helpful for them to have provided some uh extra suggestions of kind of the the pocket b which is how do you try and limit your interaction what can you do um and and that's sort of what i tried to think about between last night and now what are some things i already do to try and limit interaction um because it might be helpful for people out there who you know looking for inspiration to how to sort of check some of their social media use and and then things that i am want to try and be more self-responsible about to to make more improvements on on top of what i'm already doing um are there any specific things that you do to try and limit your social media stuff like caps on times or logging out of apps or your notifications off on your phone like do you do any of that kind of stuff not really. I, I, I personally don't like having a lot of notifications on anyway. Like, yep. I've always kind of been like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, when you get a message or something, like, it kind of pops up. Um, but I have noticed that um, I need to, like, limit my Instagram. Like, Instagram's yep. still showing me, like, this person has just gone live. Um, and I've kind of clocked that. And I haven't realized that that's something I don't am not really interested in having there. Yeah, I'm the same. But, but yet it'll pop up and I'll be like, oh, yeah, sweet. That takes me back onto Instagram, you know, even though I'm not going to go look at that person that's live right now. Um, so, yeah, definitely would kind of want to like, yeah, kind of check out Instagram and check the way that I'm doing that more. But honestly, the thing the thing that keeps me off my phone is like watching YouTube on my TV, like, <laughs> which is which is just a whole nother, you know, that social media kind of content thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely try and actively... You know, if I'm playing a video game, um, then I'm not on my phone. Like, I'm not going back and forth. Like, you know, I'm not playing a video game while on my phone looking at other things as well. Nice. So I think if I'm if I'm on, like, one kind of device, I don't want to be flicking through two, which yeah. I catch myself. I'll be on my laptop and I'll be watching something and then all of a sudden I'll pick up my phone and start scrolling through TikTok. You know, and it's like I, 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 I notice myself doing this and I, like, throw my phone on the other side of the bed, kind of like, the hell? Yeah. But then the next day I'll find myself doing it again, you yeah. know? So it's definitely those kinds of things. So, you know, after watching Social Dilemma and definitely this chat, there will probably be, you know, like TikTok, I'm not putting anything on it. So I might reevaluate deleting that. Um, and just, yeah, kind of just, you know, using Instagram and Facebook for moments of like real importance you know like lifetime importance kind of thing you know um i know a lot of people that have deleted facebook and just use messenger and things like that but there's part of me being up here in auckland being away from everyone where i like to see what people are up to 
Yeah. You know, um, so there's that aspect of why I don't really want to delete these social media things. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I don't know. I really love YouTube, you know. Uh, <laughs> I really, I don't watch too much crap on that, you know. I really do consume things that uh, I, like, enjoy and they're not, like, toxic or anything like that. It's, you know, people are creating these things for to entertain people and it is entertaining me. Um, and I know that they're good people, so, you know, it's it's a kind of a, a seesaw effect of what that, you know, consumption can be like with that, so, but yeah, I definitely, I know this year after I'm done working and stuff, I will be uh, getting outside more and having more time to myself and, and the world, you know, yeah. I just know I'm not going to be as tired, and I think that's why it's so easy to just stay inside and, and consume these things, because yeah. I'm just, I can't be bothered going outside because I'm so tired. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something that's going to change this year for me. Nice. Yeah. Um, as I said, I sort of separate into like things I, I do now and, and things that I, I'd like mm. to better. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things with my phone, I think regarding the notification stuff that I've done for a while was that my phone is always on silent. Yeah. And yep. I think the reason I have a fear of, well, not a fear. I don't love phone calls. So the concept of like yeah, getting I'm a phone call is not yeah, something yeah, yeah, that yeah. I like. <laughs> But I also know that if I have my phone on silent, there I'm minimizing some of the like for bing, sure. Bing, 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 bing. Because I think when we know there's something, it's hard to not go and read it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but what I also tend to do is when I have my uh, phone near me, but don't want to use it, is I often put my phone face down. Yeah, same. Because I think there's something mm. about staring at the back of a phone which isn't you know everyone has different phones some of them have pop-up leds to tell you you have your notification even if it's on silent mine does that so i think that was why i turned it face down but or even just trying to put my phone in and not with an eyesight not an eyesight that's yeah. something i've been doing for a while um actually one of my things this year um we didn't talk about it but I don't like the phrase New Year's resolution, but something that I already was trying to apply to myself before watching the, the Social Dilemma was trying to not go on any social media apps between nine and five. Oh, yeah. And the day when you should be working or working on, you know, whether it's the podcast or creative stuff or within a job. Because I think the morning and the evening is, is the times that'll be hardest to cull because you wake up and you think, oh, what's happened overnight, you know? Yeah, true. And likewise, in the evening, at the end of the day, you know, you just want to come home and go on your phone for a little bit. So I think the easiest portion to me to view, to crop out, and also me thinking like, this is the time where probably I don't need to be on it, is that nine to five. So I've been trying to actively, uh, when nine o'clock comes around, log out of those apps and just not be on them. Nice. Um, I've, as I said, like I've been trying to, you know, something like Snapchat, I just a lot of the time I've just deleted it and brought it back yeah. on but that's been driven by the fact that my phone has sort of run out of space so that's kind of been a blessing in disguise because I have to delete some stuff but yeah, yeah I, having watched the the movie or the documentary last night there's been a, a list of things that I've written down which I want to try to get better at first thing was turning off notifications I just hadn't yeah. even sort of realised that was things something that people did I just didn't even think like going on apps and turning off the notifications so that's something I've already done mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if then not having notifications will make me wonder if there's something happening which will Am actually make me want something? to go on more because yeah. that's that's the give and take, right? Um, I'll probably 
either i don't think i'll delete facebook but i think i'll delete the app off my phone and i think in a similar way to snapchat because i don't use it it will probably mean that i just don't go on on it very much yeah i get you Mm -hmm. um i mentioned that getting off the front page of reddit the kind of everything smorgasbord of random crap i think i need to try and limit that um another thing that i was going to bring up was i think i'm going to try and experiment with not using emojis anymore particularly in messenger apps because i was pondering like this morning and, and last night about the fact that it's fundamentally changed the way that we write language like you know we use emojis all the time because we don't think words are enough to express how we're feeling. And there's quite a few people that I talk to at the moment that don't use emojis at all. And I always find it a little bit, a bit jarring. And I, I was thinking, but that's not them. That's me thinking that these pictures, these images are, are reflective of people. And these people, I've know them in real life. I have coffees with them. I hang out with them. I chat with them. There's no disconnect there. There's only a disconnect formed by the use of emojis. So, uh, I didn't send you any of our chats last night. I didn't send you any this morning. And <laughs> that is notice. why I'm going to try and, and... I definitely did. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw your smiles I and I wanted to did. respond. And I went, don't send him a smiley face. Um, so that's on my list to experiment with. Um, and then the last one is, is, as I mentioned, I've been doing you know marketing stuff, which essentially comes down to social media for the most part uh, for this company in, in Wellington. And that project's kind of come to an end. And... I've had to just consider like, is that something that I actually want to do? Because Mm. it's probably contributing to my social media use, the whole creating, hoping that people like, what can I do that? That means that people will come on, even though it's not me personally, it's me as sort of the avatar for a business. Yeah. It still has me engaging in some of those potentially toxic aspects of, I want to post something that people will like, what time of day, how my posts going which is a shame because there's aspects of that, like the photography that's gone into it, the collation of image, uh, you know, aesthetic and portfolio that I've enjoyed. But yeah, I was just thinking maybe that's not what I want to do as a side hustle. Cause last year I really thought it was, mm. and I think I have a knack for it, but personally I've got to reflect on, is it worth the amount of extra time it's pushing me onto social media? So that's a big one that I think I'm going to have to, consider over the next wee while you know as it's as it so uh toxic's a heavy word but but is it adding to my use in a way that is uh not beneficial especially with how it lines up compared to say like the financial incentives or the the fun of it you know yeah 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 those are some of the things that i've i've written i'm sure more will come to me but i think trying to take some little steps whether it be time usage or actually just deleting stuff off your phone that you don't use because probably once it's gone you'll miss it or considering my own usage of the stuff is definitely something that I want to work on this year and that's why I made a point of sort of making a new year's not resolution resolution goal whatever because I think this is a year where myself and lots of people hopefully are going to try and move away from a little bit and as you said spend more time outside enjoy sport the things in life that aren't phone based and and try and get outside some of the noise that was egged on last year by COVID-19 we couldn't help but be on the news and try and keep up to date and share the lockdown stories and 
I think that was just part of what last year was. And I think trying to look at 2021 with a fresh mindset and appreciate all that, that life outside stuff that we talked about before is definitely something I'm trying to, trying to tackle in my own personal way with my own personal expectations and levels. And it's different for everyone. Obviously we encourage people out there. If you are equally social media addicted, maybe consider a watching the social dilemma and then trying to cull some of that down. But but everyone's their own own person, huh? Like, and yeah. everyone engages with the stuff differently, and it might be more important to some people and less important to some people. And and we can only we can only really apply ourselves individually because unless lawmakers introduce things that mean these tech giants can't operate in certain ways, like the the stuff isn't going to change. If anything, it's mm. only going to evolve. It's only going to evolve more, and it's yeah. up to us and our own lives to deal with it personally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's just that. We, yeah, we don't have control over that stuff, you know, and exponentially technology is still growing, you know, processing is getting faster and faster, which is something that the social lemma talked about. And that was another thing that was like, yeah, true. Um, so yeah, I totally hear everything you say, man. Honestly, some of those things that you've said, definitely gonna definitely gonna start applying them with me as well. Um, and yeah, 2021, you know, let's just... Let's just make it a, a, a more fulfilling year, you know, for ourselves. I mean, like you said, you know, I think you know, a lot of what we talk about here on the podcast is, you know, the whole nine to five grind and things like that and mental health. It's like we want you guys to uh, look at yourselves, you know, and and figure out um, what, you know, what what makes you happy, what's important, you know, um, and what's, what's going to be more beneficial for you. It, both in, in short term and long term you know yeah we want we want you all to have um healthy minds and and see things and hopefully get you know as i always say society to a point where it's just freaking amazing which look some of it is as we as we always talk about there is always a devil and an angel with absolutely every single aspect um of life and things that we do and stuff but yeah i i've really enjoyed today it's definitely made yeah. me made me think on you know on something that we've kind of always had and i have always thought about but just kind of uh, more long term i would yeah. say what today's made me think about um so yeah thank you for uh, sharing um thank you for letting me share once again um and yeah that was a that was a doozy a word yeah. that i am still using and love a doozy that's absolute doozy yeah i mean it's been something we wanted to talk about for a long time it's i think it's probably benefited from us pondering for six months and, and you know having a catalyst like watching the social dilemma to kind of launch us into it and and have the conversation and I mean if nothing else is us having a chat I always feel somewhat responsible to you and uh, having talked about this you know with each other and f- working on ourselves for ourselves but for other yeah. people and the people but, around us yeah uh, as well is always super beneficial and yeah I think there's also something a tie about you know, us creating the show and trying to grow it and have people involved that obviously is linked to social media stuff. Yeah, like for how sure. do we grow on the platforms, the socials and and I think we we've always been grappling with how hard we wanna we wanna go at that and actually is it worth the time and effort to, you know, be massively on Instagram and be liking people's photos and doing competitions to try and get us you know bigger but will that actually provide us validation will it give us gratification or are we actually just doing this and the people that are listening out there bless you thank you for listening 
if people come across us at some point, if they like us, they'll stay. We don't need to try and make it be a thing through yeah, social media yeah, because yeah, yeah. ultimately it's all about making decisions, right? Yes, we would like our listener base to uh, double, to triple or whatever, but if it takes adding that stuff to our life that we don't want mm. to add, extra time and stress and pressure to be on Instagram or whatever, then maybe it's not worth it. And yeah. having a creative enterprise like this with each other has been a real insight into those areas of life and business and monetization and audience and capitalization that probably we wouldn't have thought about if we didn't have this show so true yeah thank you to to you um as as such a key part of this as as our back and forth because without this i don't think we would be considering other aspects of all these yeah. these uh spheres that that interact with our our daily life like there's certainly the personal but then there's the kind of business sense which i think sometimes is more helpful in reflecting back on the personal than the personal is so that's my long-winded way of saying thank you very much for this conversation <laughs> and and watching the social dilemma are not with me but we said no, we watch it at yes. the same time and yeah and yeah thank you for being you know a, a positive influence generally speaking on on making positive life changes and obviously we encourage everyone out there to do the same it, it's always feels easy to make change when you have conversations with people about mm. making change even if it's something as small as deleting one app off your phone or whatever true very true very true no thank you man keep on praising it um but uh yeah once again thank you to everyone out there listening uh to the bros and brews podcast that is us episode three um a bit of a longer one today but uh if you're still here with us Thank you. Thank you for being here. And uh, yeah, hopefully you've come out of this episode once again with something, something that you can take into your lives. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, definitely our longest one we've ever done. But True. there was a lot to unpack and we would be uh, we'd be cutting ourselves short if, we, if we'd stifled some of those topics. So if you're still here, you've made it all the way through. Congratulations. Uh, an imaginary gold star for you. Have a, uh, uh, a like a, a verbal like from Matt and I um, thumbs up uh, a thumbs up you can have a thumbs up from us um, thanks so much for this week thank you everyone for listening uh, and Matt all that's left to be said my bro is we will see you next time peace peace